Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Soulfully Casual. As always, Maddie is here, your host. I'm here for another episode of something that's a little bit more fun than last time. If you listened to my last episode, you heard a lot about compassion, you heard a lot about race relations in this country, and you heard my feelings about the sadness that I have about how we treat each other. It felt right for the time because last week I just, I I couldn't go on with something fun. I couldn't go on with something that just felt more normal. It would have come off tone deaf and this week I want to get back to that. The whole point of me putting this podcast together was to have fun and it was to talk about things around me and it was to scratch the itch of creativity that I said that I wanted to get into two years ago and now I'm finally doing that. This week the topic that I'm going to bring you is something that's near and dear to my heart but before we get there I just want to thank all of my listeners for tuning in again. If you are listening on any of the platforms out there such as Apple, Spotify, Overcast, please remember to download, please remember to like, please remember to subscribe and rate. It's really important that you do that. The more likes that I get, the more subscribes and downloads that I get, the bigger that I can get, the more notice that I can get. And ultimately what that means is I can bring more content to you. So please do so. Once again, I want to remind you that there is an email address for the show and it is soulfully.casual at gmail.com. So please email the show with critiques, with things that you liked, and also with topics that you want me to cover in the future. You can also hear my voice on Deep Water, which is a show that I do with my friend Cleve. He also has his own show called The Manual, and you can find both of those on your major podcast platforms such as Apple and Spotify. So for today, sneakers is what I want to talk about. Anybody that knows me in my personal life knows that sneakers are big for me. Most people would call me an addict. I like to call myself an aficionado. I was opened up to the sneaker world two years ago when I was in New York City with a friend of mine, AJ. He and I were there for a WWE event, and we had basically a full day to ourselves to do whatever we wanted. Being a tourist and him from the city, him living in Queens, he asked, what did I want to do? And a few weeks prior to that, I had stumbled upon a video on YouTube of Shane McMahon, who is part of the royal family in professional wrestling. And he had gone to this sneaker shop in New York called Flight Club. Historically, I have struggled with casual footwear. I've always either had dress footwear, running shoes, and like sandals, basically, or or flip-flops. I've never really been good with having casual shoes. I always had some type of New Balance or I would wear my running shoes and, you know, I just never felt comfortable with that. I always felt like I looked so dopey, uh, so unhip with it, and I just felt like my wardrobe, all of it suffered because my footwear was terrible. And while running shoes are great for the sole purposes of running in athletic endeavors, it really didn't fit the fashion mold that I was looking for. And in my mid-30s, I wanted something different. You know, I wanted to feel good about myself. And so I said, hey, let's find that place and let's go there. So we found it on Google Maps and we walked, I think it was 14 or 15 blocks to get there. And when we got there, I just remember opening the doors and walking in and feeling this sense of awe. For anybody who's listening who has not been there, Flight Club is a sneaker consignment store. It's probably one of the more well-known ones of that in Stadium Goods, both of which are in New York City. When we walked in there, the walls of the store are lined with shoes. And when I say lined with shoes, I mean they have one shoe on display, all the shoes are shrink-wrapped to keep and preserve the uh, what they call the dead stockness of it or the newness of it. Basically, every shoe that they have, they have on display. And we walked through that store for probably an hour before we even decided what we wanted to pick. And one of the things I came away with, and I didn't realize it until much later, was that the sneaker world is so great because there's something for everybody. No matter where you come from, no matter what you look like, no matter what your tastes are, there is a shoe out there for you. There is something that you can sink your teeth into and wear and feel really good about yourself. I came away from that experience with two shoes, both of which I have, by the way, because I think it's important to remember where I came from in this. And two years later, my sneaker journey has taken a major turn 
I mean, I'm talking about it on a uh, podcast that's on a global platform, which is kind of insane. But I've come to realize that there's something for everybody. And it's also important for me to remember those two shoes because I still love them. And they're where I started. Since then, I've learned so much about the sneaker world and what they call sneaker culture. I've learned that it is both inclusive and also exclusive at the same time. I've learned that it's multicultural. I have learned that as a white person, I'm kind of in the minority in the sneaker world. And I love that. Men, women, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, it doesn't really matter. We all love heat and we all love the endeavor of finding it and the artwork behind it because really that's what sneakers are to me they're a piece of art especially when somebody designs something that is so different than what you see out there uh it, it just it speaks to you in a way that's a piece of art would if you go to the the art museum over the last two years of being a part of the sneaker world i have learned so much and my knowledge and path down it has changed so much to where the first two pairs that i bought i significantly overpaid for them and i've learned all the different markets that you can find them there's StockX and goat which are basically like stock markets for things and you can pay resale prices and it's just basically standard economics at its finest if you will and then you can buy shoes used through places like poshmark mercari uh, and other avenues too over the course of time i've learned to be comfortable within the environment of shoes i've learned what things are worth not just as to what they're worth objectively to the market but what they're worth to me and i've learned why i became a sneakerhead in the first place the reason i became a sneakerhead is to wear what i buy because at the end of the day at age 37 it's not about how people feel about my wardrobe it's about how i feel in it and shoes absolutely complement that probably in my collection now i have close to 30 pairs of shoes um, I've, I've bought quite a bit during this pandemic because hell we're not doing much of anything else so i'm buying shoes and over the course of the last six months or so i've also found the creativity in myself to start doing youtube reviews and, and so forth so where does that lead us now well today i'm a member of replica sneaker reddit which is a questionable thing within the sneaker world most people feel that retails are king and, and i don't fault them for that whatsoever but because of the objectives that i have to to wear what i buy I don't feel like at 37 in my economic standing in life that I should be uh, excluded from getting shoes that I want. And I also don't feel like I should be held hostage by resale prices. So I've gone down that path and it's something where I've I've learned quite a bit about shoes. I've learned about the, the nuances, the designs of shoes and all of that. There's one general topic that I think has really stood out throughout this whole uh, two-year journey of mine. And it's really one that's not just at the crutch of sneaker world, but it's at the crutch of, of human existence. And that term is hype. According to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, hype is defined as especially promotional publicity of an extravagant or contrived kind. And think about everything that we have in life. Think about TV shows and, and, and all of that. Hype really does drive a lot of what we feel interested in, what is popular. And when you think about it as a part of the sneaker world, it's, it's at the very, very fundamental aspect of why the market is the way that it is. And what is that market? Right now, that market is too high of a demand for not enough supply. And that's that's really applicable to what they call hype sneakers without you know using that word over again. But the sneaker world has, has gone from six months ago being able to get access to a lot of things that weren't either designed by you know somebody famous or, or what have you to any Air Jordan now is almost impossible to get. Any Nike Dunk is impossible to get because the hype around it um, is, is so high. And let's take a look at some of the most hype sneakers of the last 10 years. Some of the ones that come to mind are anything designed by Travis Scott. And over the last three years, he has designed quite a few. The one that really comes to mind for me, though, is his Air Jordan 1. And that came out or dropped, as they would say, in the in the sneaker world 
like May of 2019. And it's really not fundamentally different from any other Air Jordan. It has brown suede, it has wings logos, it has the same shape, it all looks great. Tumbled leather, everything. The defining characteristics of it are his logo embossed on the heel and also a giant swoosh that's in reverse on the one side. But everybody wants it. And why? Because he designed it. Hype. People like Travis Scott for his music. They like Travis Scott for things that he previously put out. And so now anything that he touches in terms of sneakers is considered hype and people are driven toward it. If he releases a shoe and Nike makes 60,000 of them, which is a pretty good amount of stock, we're talking 500,000 to 700,000 people probably want it. So think about how many people are going home without that pair of shoes. And what happens is a lot of times the hype gets so high for something that people want to economically benefit from it. There is an entire uh, side hustle related to buying sneakers and selling them for resale prices. And while that's capitalism and it's not something that I can fault people for doing. It generally sucks for people like me. I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it for the for the looks. I'm in it for feeling good. You don't get that luxury in today's sneaker world. You don't. You either have to have a plug, which is somebody for you, anybody who doesn't know who can get you things, or you have to have intimate knowledge of how the system works, or you have to have had friends who have friends and all of that good stuff. And I'll be honest, I'm going to be 40 in two and a half years, and I just do not have time for that stuff. I want to be able to buy what I can buy. And hype has made it nearly impossible for a lot of people to get what they want. And I guess to me that makes me sad. It's not something that should be impossible to get. Things that are hyped are generally overhyped to the point of they're not really worth what people are paying for them because it's a fake need. It's contrived, as the definition says. We don't really need them. We want them. But that want and everybody else's want that is driven by something that's totally superficial and totally fabricated drives the prices so high that it prices a lot of people out. Or the contrary to it. It doesn't price people out, but people pay more than they should be, and they sacrifice other things like rent and food to get the shoes that end up becoming a status symbol. Another great example is anything designed by Kanye West now. And even though in 2020 he seems to have gone a little crazy, for most of the 2010s he has not been that person, and he has been somebody who people love his music and they love his shoes. I think one of the greatest examples of hype related to Kanye has to do with his Yeezy line from when he was with Nike, and this was back in the early 2000s. And you know, there's a whole story about how he had a falling out with Nike and all of that. But there was always this unreleased pair. It was called the Nike Air Yeezy 2. And he had a couple of different what they call colorways, which are basically just color combinations of shoes. So when you go to the store and you see black and white ones or black and red ones, those are called colorways. That's just not a common term used by anybody outside of the sneaker world. And spoiler alert, it's not really one that I like either. But that's digressing. When Kanye and Nike had a falling out and he left for Adidas, there was always this unreleased colorway of that particular shoe. And I think he had worn it at a show or, or a couple of concerts or something, and it was an all red joint. It was something that people thought, is it going to release? And it was called the Red Octobers. And the famous story is that one day in 2014, Nike tweeted that it was available for sale and the sneaker world went crazy. And to this day, the resale prices on those shoes are something like eight to $10,000. It really depends on your size, but there was so much hype around something that hadn't come out because there were pictures of Kanye having worn it at a concert. And I can't tell you how often that happens in the sneaker world. But think about other things that we get hyped about. In this country specifically, TV shows, movies, are things that we get hyped about. This decade, the two biggest TV shows that I can think of that are so hyped were Breaking Bad, specifically The End, when everybody was on it, and those last eight episodes, where I think that was one of the last times where we had to wait for episodes in between. Not really, but you get the idea. And Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones hype was crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. To the point that by the time The End came, the hype was so large that it couldn't live up to it. And I think that's what ends up happening 
a lot of things don't end up living up to the hype the way we think that they do. We either get buyer's remorse or after a while we buy it and we paid way too much for it or sacrificed too much for it and we think, well, that really wasn't that worth it. Now I'm kind of upset that I have it. But other things, the halftime show at the Super Bowl, definitely something that gets hyped. I mean, they announce it months in advance and people who like those artists, I'm not one of them, but they get really hyped for it. They can't wait for it, especially non-sports fans. They will watch the Super Bowl because of who's playing at the halftime show. And to be honest with you, it's a pretty great marketing strategy by the sports leagues because it gets non-interested people interested. It gets them watching. In your different towns, there's hype around sports teams, especially coming into a brand new season when there's hope. If there are any Cleveland Browns fans listening, you know all about that. Last year was all about a hype. You saw the Cleveland Browns all over TV. I think they were on Hard Knocks or the year before they were on Hard Knocks or something like that. But I think they had like three primetime games in the first five games. And they ultimately fell flat because the hype was way too much for the what the team could handle. You see that a lot though. Any sports town gets really hyped into a new season or especially if they're coming off of a, a Super Bowl win or a championship win, everybody gets really hyped and the town just sort of feels frenzied. In the Washington area, you see that a lot with uh, the football team here. And I think what ends up happening is the hype is so unrealistic that then it turns to being jaded because the results don't end up coming out the way that you want. Another fascinating example of hype in this country is anything having to do with the royal family. Whenever there's a royal wedding, and now in my lifetime, to be fair, there's only been two, but specifically the most recent one with Harry and Meghan. And I just remember remember my wife and we had some people living with us at the time and we made it a point to watch it and even in the middle of it I thought to myself why are we so obsessed with this these are our former oppressors they're just human beings like what what is it about this that everybody's so hyped about and there's that word again hype people talk about it it's exciting and you find yourself getting caught up in the hysteria because you're like, well, everybody else is doing it, so it's got to be super interesting. And admittedly, as much as I probably could have been doing something else, the hype of watching it, but also, you know, the, the allure of hanging out with my friends too, like we had a good time, that was enough to get me interested. It was enough to get me interested in a lot of other things too. But there's two things that I think of that I think most people can think about in a practical sense that hype really uh, drives. And the first one is real estate. When my wife and I were going to buy a house, the areas that we were looking at were, quote, super popular. And it was popular for a multitude of reasons. One, the houses were a little bit larger. We were looking for single family homes. But really, it was hyped because the school districts were good. And there's, again, that word hype. And I know people say, what do you mean hyped about real estate? Well, you want to live where other people want to live. You want to live in areas that are popular because they're less crime, they're good schools, you know, they're solid prices in terms of you know making money getting an investment people want that or what about an up-and-coming neighborhood when they've either built a brand new set of homes in an area that was completely undeveloped or they gentrify an area and make something better if you will better in quotes because gentrification generally means you're making something better at the expense of another uh, individual but when we were going to buy the house we were outpriced by so many people and it was mind-boggling because the houses that we were looking at while objectively nice they were not worth the bidding war that people were getting involved in they were not worth the marketing strategies that people were employing and we we're basically feeling like the on the outside looking in and we're looking at ourselves as two people who work for the government making good salaries without kids at the time and we're like how are we getting priced out of this people are so hyped to live in this area that they're willing to overpay by more than we are we just didn't think that the investment was worth it we didn't feel like the price hikes that we were seeing were worth it the bidding wars were worth it it was 
really kind of asinine to us. Ultimately, in the end, it worked out because we're living in an area that we like and the price was right and it was just a matter of timing. That's one thing that I think people don't realize is hyped that they end up buying into because if you have a choice to live in an area and you have financial flexibility to live in an area that is is nice, you want to live there. And when a lot of other people want to live there for the same exact reasons, well, then you end up finding yourself in a crowded arena trying to make your way. But I think social media is really the prime example of hype. And it's not like we're hyping social media. I don't think social media needs to be hyped necessarily. But what did we call hyped? An over-exaggeration or an over-advertising of something, in a way. It's contrived. That's really social media. Social media is about hyping yourself to everybody that is a friend of yours or everybody that's a follower of yours. And I think what we end up finding is a lot of people overhype themselves in a way that gives the wrong picture of what their life is like or the wrong picture of just what life is like in general. Take parenthood, for example. As a new parent of six months, I don't have the same experiences that people with multiple kids who are older have. But if I went by what social media told me, parenting is easy. Parenting is rewarding 100% of the time. It's fun. And it's not. Like, I don't, I don't believe it. And I didn't believe it. And I've come to learn about social media that the way we present ourselves there is really not true. Most of the time, we are putting out the best parts of our lives. Or if we're putting out the worst parts of our lives, we're doing it for some type of sympathy or, or some type of need to make people realize that our lives are not great. And in the end, that really doesn't do a whole lot for us. It gets people to say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry and all that. But it doesn't really help the situation. It doesn't really make it fulfilling. Filling. So social media, though, to go back to sneakers, has a huge influence on it. That's really, I think, where a lot of people get super hyped about a shoe because pictures of it come out on social media or a celebrity posts that they have an early pair of it on social media. And what ends up happening there is a shoe is not popular. And then the second they see people wearing it, it's popular. And that brings us to kind of a sect of, of sneakers and, and streetwear called hype beasts. Hype beast is really a slang for somebody that's obsessed or influenced by hype. And it's really to the point where they'll do most anything to get what they want. And I'm talking about sneakers, but, you know, streetwear brands, high fashion brands, anything that is seen as quote unquote cool or hyped, they'll go out there and get it. And there's hype beasts everywhere. I mean, there's hype beasts when it comes to real estate. There's hype beasts when it comes to Yeti coolers, anything, right? Legos even have hype. There's an entire aftermarket for Legos in terms of resale and people will pay hundreds and thousands of dollars for Lego sets. So there's hype beasts everywhere. And there's people who are willing to do just about anything to get what they want. But what ends up happening in the sneaker and streetwear world is that this hype turns into some type of a currency. It turns into a status symbol. Your self-worth is validated by having it. Your self-worth is validated by being seen in it and other people seeing you in it. And think about what social media could do to something like that. Before social media, you would have to physically be seen in it. Your friends would have to see you in it. You'd have to make a point to go out somewhere to the mall or wherever and have people say, oh, wow, those are some sick J's or those are those are dope, well, whatever. Now, and I'm guilty of this too, by the way, I just want to point that out because I have an entire Instagram account that all I do is post sneaker stuff. That's part of the business strategy of which I'm trying to make money in another way. However, there's a lot of hype that goes around social media because enough people show themselves wearing these shoes and it becomes a status symbol. It becomes, oh my goodness, this person is better than me because they have this shoe or they have this hoodie or whatever it is. And that's part of it that I find really fascinating because it, it really drives a lot of the economy. The hype beasts drive what's popular in sneaker culture. And ultimately that drives the regular John Doe's and Jane Doe's to buy or want to buy items that they normally would not have bought because the hype beasts think it's cool. So then it becomes a trend and now all of a sudden everybody wants it. But it's amazing how much of sneaker culture can be defined by this hype and can be defined by this, this participation in it. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I don't have hype shoes. I do. A lot of the replicas that I buy 
are hyped shoes. For instance, last week, I got a pair of Nike Dunk Lows, low tops for those uh, who don't know what lows mean, and they're designed by Travis Scott. Did I buy them because Travis Scott designed them? No. Are they an objectively great looking shoe? 100%. And so I went the replica route because it's completely cheaper than paying $2,000 for it because $2,000 is dictated by what hype has made it, by what people want to pay for it because of the fact that it's associated with Travis Scott. And then also your standard economic of you know, not enough supply for the demand that goes along with it. But I think that demand is driven higher because of this hype. And hype beasts have a lot to do with that. And it's really sad when you see people who are willing to go so far as to let as many other responsibilities fall by the wayside just to get the hype that they want. And that's just not something that I buy into. Thinking about how hype has affected all of these, you know, all of the examples that I've used, and most of them are material or superficial, if you will. TV shows, you know, where we live as a status symbol, the shoes that we wear, the bags that we have, music that we listen to, all that good stuff. But then what I try to think about is, what would it be like if hype was applied to many other concepts that seem to fall by the wayside as a global concept? Think about if equality was hyped. Think about if charity was hyped. Compassion, listening to your fellow man and woman, tolerance, empathy. It just makes me wonder what would happen if we hyped those things. Where would we go as a human race? Where would we go as humans? How would we grow through that? And when I try and think about how hype influences my life, I try and apply it to those things. I try to be a better person every day. I try to hype empathy and listening and compassion. And I'm tying into what I talked about last week, but think about it. How many people do you know hype those things? How many people do you know put so much emphasis on it that they'll do anything to get it? Think about that. What would you do to have somebody truly understand you? What would you do to have somebody see you as completely human? What would you do to be equal to everybody, to be treated the same way as everybody, or to want others to be treated the same way as everybody? I think that's just food for thought. The next time you get hyped in something like a TV show or a pair of shoes or a bag, you know, truly think about that. And maybe going forward, take a little bit of your time and your mind space from hyping about those things and hype some of those concepts that I talked about. I want to thank you for tuning in again. It's really important, again, I mentioned this at the beginning, that you keep listening, keep downloading, subscribing, all of that stuff. Truly, I want to hear from you. Please engage the show via the email. We also have an Instagram page, Soulfully Casual Podcast. You can find us on IG. Message us there, too. It's really important that I engage. I want to hear feedback, good and bad. But I want to hear things you want me to talk about. Whatever platform you're listening on, I appreciate that wholeheartedly. I thank you. It means a lot to me, and I want to keep bringing content going forward. A little teaser for next time, self-awareness. What defines your self-awareness, and how aware are you of your surroundings and of who you are? Something to think about. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.